Tenakoe, and welcome back to Chasing the Sun podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Hodgson, uh, and it is a real privilege to have you guys tuning in with us again today. For those that are reasonably regular listeners, you'll probably be aware that I haven't posted or recorded a podcast in a while. Um, and for those that aren't in a closer personal circle with myself, um, my wife and I have just had our second child, a little girl named Jamie. We praise God for her arrival uh, as it was quite a challenging pregnancy for my wife, particularly near the end, um, regular trips to the hospital with what they call hyperemesis, which is just vomiting on a regular basis, like drink water, throw it up, that kind of thing. So not the uh, best situation that we had for a couple months and uh, quite challenging, but we made it through. And then for those with children, be aware is once the baby comes, it doesn't mean the challenge is over. So it's been a reasonably tough season for us here at home. And uh, many of my listeners, I know, pray for us regularly, so we thank you for that, and uh, we'll love your continuing prayer and support during this time. You know, it was quite funny, um, so we're here based in New Zealand, and a couple of weeks ago we went into uh, level four lockdown across the country when the new Delta virus, or variant, or whatever they call it, um, kind of swept through the country, and by swept through the country I mean um, sprung up in Auckland, as it, uh, as it often does. And I thought to myself, ah, oh, sweet, level four, this will be cool. Um, last time lockdown was actually quite enjoyable, just being at home with the family. I was thinking, oh man, I might actually better get a bit more, a few more episodes recorded for the podcast and things. Um, but I tell you what, lockdown last time I had a, just, uh, my daughter was just over a year old. Uh, it was sort of near the end of summer. It was nice weather. She was just learning to walk. It was really nice actually, and I could duck away. Um, into our laundry where, where my wife had set up an office for me to do some work and if I was out of sight my daughter didn't mind but now all of a sudden um, she knows where I am she's two and a half she's a very active young child and just uh, always loves being around me which I love and it's so cool but it's definitely been a lot harder and then she went and got very sick just after we went into lockdown with conjunctivitis and fever and cough and snotty nose and all, all sorts and so yeah this kind of idea of being in lockdown and having some more time to record podcasts and stuff didn't really happen. Um, but as we're moving into level three and um, the sickness is kind of subsiding in our house and getting back to a little bit of normality, I seem to find myself with a few moments of time to record a podcast. And so, yeah, thank you for those who have been patient for the release of this new episode. And thank you everyone for the feedback as well. Um, I really appreciate hearing that this is an encouragement to you. Um, and I do also encourage you that if if you do find it helpful and encouraging, please pass it on to, to young people in your life. Obviously, my target audience is teens and young adults, um, particularly trying to help encourage them in their walk with Christ um, and to chase the sun. So that would be a real help for me and an encouragement to me to see that happening as well. I don't really have much of a plan moving forward with the podcast at the moment. I'm hoping to kind of spend a bit of time thinking in terms of a, a new series or something that I might look at doing. Um, but on Tuesday night, our regular Bible study with the Year 13s and our youth community, uh, we were doing it over Zoom, obviously, and we were chatting through First Peter chapter 4, and some really cool things came out from what they were saying and what kind of God was revealing to us through the Word. And I just felt it quite timely um, for us um, in the world that we currently live in and some of the challenges in particular that we're facing and particularly what teens and young adults are facing in the world that they live in as well. And so we're just going to look at First Peter chapter 4 and just kind of pick up on a few real key 
things that Peter's trying to say to us and encourage us with here. And then a couple of challenges as well for where we're going to take, um, yeah, we, we're, where we're going with our lives and what, what our focus is on as, as Christians and as followers of Jesus. So thank you again for tuning in. Um, and yeah, I hope this is a blessing to you as it was to me to study and talk through um, with some year 13s the other night. If, you've, if you're sitting at home and you're listening, grab your Bibles. If not, uh, we'll do a quick read through of chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. We're using the NIV translation in today's podcast, but also looking at a few other versions just to help us understand it a little bit better. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's get into it. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude uh, or way of thinking, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry, or idol worship, worshipping false idols. They, that is uh, the pagans, the people that they used to formerly live with, um, are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is the reason the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead, so that they might be judged according to human standards in regard to the body, but living, but live according to God in regard to the spirit. The end of all things is near. Therefore be alert and of sober mind, so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others, as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. One thing to remember when we're kind of picking up in the middle of a book like Peter is we first of all have to understand a little bit of the context of what's going on. So Peter's writing to a church that had been dispersed or displaced from their homeland and are living in exile from um, potentially friends and family, uh, other believers that they maybe were saved with uh, or who discipled them and are now living somewhere else geographically isolated uh, from the church. But it's also interesting that um, as I'm recording this, we, we as believers are separated as well uh, through the lockdown. Not in the same way. Obviously, we have much greater access to each other now. Um, but there still is a sense in which, you know, we, we are dispersed, we are displaced, um, and we are uh, exiles in this land that we live, not just now because of COVID and lockdown, but actually in general as believers, we are like the exiles as well. Um, at the start of Peter, he calls them the elect exiles, that, that they are the chosen ones of God, but also exiled um, in the land that they live. And it's quite important for us to remember that as well, is we are both citizens of this world, but we're also exiles in this world as well. We, we are from a different place, uh, which is a, a heavenly place. That's where our home is. That's where our uh, eventual residing place will be. Uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew, in Matthew, Jesus talks about that we will inherit a future reference to the kingdom of heaven and we will inherit the earth. 
Um, and so our inheritance is not an earthly inheritance as we experience it now. Coming back to chapter 4, um, in its context, we've seen Peter working through some pretty important things which actually come up again in this passage. Um, and so without going through all of it, we'll just touch on a couple of those things. In, in chapter 4 in particular, that, that point back to a few um, places in Peter. Now, if you haven't read First Peter before, I would actually encourage you to maybe just stop the podcast here, um, go and have a read of First Peter um, through through all of the all the chapters, um, re- maybe read it through a few times and then come back and pick this up. It'll help you a little bit. Um, and as always, if you have any questions about what you're reading or what you hear on the podcast, feel free to reach out to me um, through any of the social media um, platforms. Um, and I'd love to chat with you more or um, even do a pod- follow-up podcast with any of your questions or anything like that. So we see in chapter 4 verse 1, he says, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, which is a reference back to uh, chapter 3 verse 18, where it talks about uh, the righteous, which is Christ suffered for the unrighteous, which is the world, so that um, he might bring us back to God, it talks about in chapter 3 verse 18. And it says that we're to arm ourselves with the same attitude, which is the attitude of my suffering may help lead someone to Christ. My suffering is actually for something far bigger than just um, hardship right now. Now, I don't know what exactly that looks like, and, and it can also be, I think there's a nuance to it as well, but I think there is an attitude in which we can say, you know, as I suffer, if I can suffer in the same way Christ did, which is um, Hebrews chapter 12 talked about, which uh, the earlier podcast talked about, of he focused his mind um, on the goal that was set before him, the prize that was set before him, and he, he suffered um, because of that, he endured the cross. It, it's kind of the same thinking here. It says, because whoever suffers in the body uh, is done with sin. Um, other other translations talk about has finished with sin. And I think what this is alluding to, which picks up in uh, verse 2, is as a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for hum- evil human desires. You see, when we don't actually, when we when we choose not to give in to human desires, particularly those evil human desires, we're actually restricting our bodies, therefore our body might be suffering. Um, and so when we don't give in to certain desires, so, um, you know, when we don't give in to having sex before marriage, my body might actually suffer because of that. I might feel like I'm suffering and struggling because I'm not being sexually, um, you know, I'm not having that sexual release that my friends are having or that um, I think that I desire and need. And so I'm suffering, but by doing so, I'm also done, done with sin. Um, and it says there that they do not live the rest of their lives for human desires, evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. And so some suffering in the body is necessary um, so that we can actually accomplish the will of God and put sin to death in our lives. Um, and maybe that's that might be a podcast for another day, particularly looking at how we put um, how we put our bodies through a little bit of trials and suffering to help focus ourselves on on the will of God there. It says, verse 3, for you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans chose to do. And he goes on to list some of the ways that they, um, the way that they live their life and the way that as pagans they've lived their lives in the past. Now, the interesting thing when we read passages like this is, um, so for, for me, I grew up in the church. Um, and so sometimes I read these things and I go, man, I've never really got into this kind of living but I actually also know that if I read these things and if I removed Christ from my life and a Christian upbringing from my life, I couldn't imagine, uh, I could imagine all of these things probably um, appealing to me or being um, something that 
the temptation would be there or at least maybe even the action might even be there in my life. Um, and so I actually think that although that's not something that I was doing in the past, it's it was definitely a potential future for my sinful flesh if um, if Christ hadn't saved me, I guess, and, and called me into his family. Uh, yeah, debauchery, just kind of bad behavior, um, kind of quite um, raunchy, you know, detestable, disgusting kind of behavior, evil desires, drunkenness, um, orgies, carousing and detestable idolatry. And so these are things that were common in the place that Peter was writing to. And I think, you know, some of these maybe aren't as obvious in our lives now, but I think also we just don't use this kind of language anymore. And so, I mean, you know, drunkenness is huge in New Zealand. Um, the binge drinking culture uh, is huge. Um, you know, we may not see orgies on a regular basis, but we very much live in a culture now where um, we are now being confronted with sex and sexuality on a regular basis. Um, and it's been moved from a place of, I guess, you know, there used to be a time where sex was reserved for the wholesome place of um, family. <clears throat> and by family, I mean, you know, a married couple. Um, and we see in the Bible that God calls us to this beautiful, holy thing of, of sex being between um, a man and a woman and reserved for marriage so that it's not wasted on other people in their lives. Uh, but now it's just like, no, just have at it. Just just go for it. Um, you know, I was listening to a podcast about abortion the other day and the lady who was talking was sharing how, you know, this um, abortion actually helps lead to a more sexualized culture because now there's now sex doesn't have to have any consequences whatsoever because you can just get rid of the baby if you choose that maybe you got pregnant at the wrong time and you can get rid of it. Well, that actually adds to a overly sexualized culture. And now idolatry, they used to worship actual carved images and idols. And we don't necessarily have carved images and idols in our houses, but we, we do worship things. We worship money, our jobs, careers, uh, our education, cars. You know, we, we pour our time and energy and money into things to gain more stuff. You know, and so in the past, they would take money to the temples to, to receive things so that the, God would, the gods would bless their land and bless their jobs and things like that. Uh, we don't necessarily do that anymore, but we do go to the banks and get more money so that we could have stuff that it looks like we've got enough money and and we give into idols of in that sense as well and we seek after power um, and control as well. Here's the interesting thing in verse 4, and this is what we actually talked quite a bit about with the Etherines on Tuesday night, was uh, they are surprised that you do not join in with their reckless wild living and they heap abuse on you. You know, for you guys, for all of us, but I think particularly... The now more than ever, our young generation, our young teenagers and young adults, you are just ridiculed if you're not having sex, if you're not doing drugs and if you're not getting drunk on the weekend. Like it is just an, um, like a crazy thought that you're not going to parties getting drunk on the weekend. And, you know, for me, like I was one of the few people in my year level that wasn't getting drunk on the weekends, but I still went to those parties. And at no point did any of my mates judge me they'd never like force me to drink or do drugs you know they they actually really respected my um choice not to not to get into what they were doing but i don't see that anymore i see so much more and more now young believers who are trying to stand firm are just you know being harassed and hounded um into that kind of living and so yeah it's just a real challenge um but here's the kind of kicker as it moves into verse 5. They will have to give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. 
And so they may be partying it up and living, you know, what, you know, their best life now and enjoying every lustful drunkenness, orgy and debauchery and all those kind of things. And it looks like they're, they're you know, they're just being satisfied by every means of this life. And it's so good and it's awesome and, and they're having all this fun. But Peter's reminding us that they will have to give an account to God um, and he judges the living and the dead. You know, there's no one that will escape God's judgment at the end. There's no one that will get to the end and go, oh, oh, you, you're not allowed to judge me. Like actually when all of us stand before God, there will be no debates. There will be no reasoning with God. We will actually see him in his holiness and we will fully understand our sin. That they are the ones who will be judged. And so two things in that. One, it should empower us and embolden us to evangelism and share the gospel with our friends because one day they'll have to face the the judge who judges the living and the dead but two it should remind us that let's not get caught in the things that that are not flat like that god has not designed us to flourish in these are not things you know these are not these are not things that god wants for our life they're not part of flourishing and they're not part of living life in all its fullness and then it says, this is the reason the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead. Kind of saying like, they're dead already, but the gospel was preached to them. Why are they not living with Christ? Why are they not alive? Why did they still die? It says, so that they might be judged according to human standards in regards to the body, but live according to God in regards to the spirit. You know, there's a, the doctrine, and um, I, I don't know what the actual theological term for it is, and it, which is terrible, I probably should, but as... Um, you know, our, the bodies that we have now, they die and they go into the ground and they decay. That's that's what happens to those bodies. But when we live and our spirit lives according to the spirit of God, which can only happen when we believe in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit comes and lives and dwells us, inside of us. Then when our body is cast into the ground, my spirit is raised into heaven to be with Christ. And it actually says that we will receive a new body. And uh, 2 Corinthians talks about this. Although my outer body is wasting away, my inner body or my my inner spirit is being renewed day by day um, as I gaze into the glory of Jesus Christ through his word. And so it's just a reminder that, you know, sometimes we can get caught thinking, but look, all these people have believed in Jesus and they've died. All these people have believed in Jesus and they've suffered. That's that's totally, that is that is totally true. But also all those people are now living according to God in regard to the spirit. They're living with him in heaven um, in their spirit. And eventually we will all receive new bodies because God has created us both physical and spiritual. And, and our eternity when we have the new heavens and the new earth is not to be some spiritual angels floating around. It's to be back in physical bodies again as well, which is amazing. One of the challenges I find talking with young people, and I think I may have mentioned this on one of my previous episodes, young believers ask really good questions in regards to, is this sin? Is this sin? Is that sin? You know, what is exactly sin in life? Which is really good to ask. But the problem is, is that that's only, that's I don't even think that's half of what the Christian life is. And I think I spent way too much of my teens and 20s trying to not sin. Focusing so much on not doing the wrong thing. Now, hear me out. We should not sin. That's what we've already just read. Don't give in to the evil desires of the flesh. I'm I'm totally on board with that. But I think when we think of the Christian life 100% as trying my best not to sin, we miss out on the most beautiful, life-giving, joy-bringing part of the Christian life. And that's where... Peter turns his attention to next. 
He says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. He's saying that at any moment, the end could come and Jesus could cry, could come back. Be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Because of this verse, I put a challenge to our those year 13s on Tuesday night. Um, every single day, when you're tempted for sin to come into your life or you're thinking about what you're going to do with your time, think, the end of all things is near. What if Christ came back tomorrow? I should be alert and of sober mind and I may that I may pray. I should be in prayer, for one. But I'm also thinking in terms of going, why would I give in to sin that I know I shouldn't do if Christ is coming back tomorrow? Why would I not go and, what we're going to look at next, do the positive aspect of the Christian life? If Christ is not coming back, you know, if Christ is coming back tomorrow, why would I not spend my time doing the positive things? Why would I not spend my time understanding God's word and focusing on these good things? And he turns his attention in verse 8, and I just love this. He says, above all. So above worrying about suffering, above worrying about sin, above worrying about the, the God who judges the living and the dead. And now the reason it's above all, because all of that adds into what we're, what's happening now. He says, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Above all, we are to love each other. Do you know, I've spent so much of my teens and 20s focusing on not sinning that I missed out on the biggest part of my Christian life. And I think the greatest part of my Christian life, which is loving each other deeply. Because my love for someone will cover over a multitude of sins. Cover over their sins and cover over my sins. Now, not forgiveness of sins. I'm not loving them so that they're forgiven of sins. I'm not loving so that my sins are forgiven. But it covers a multitude of sins. It it basically means that when someone sins and I deserve or I think that I deserve recompense or justice or anything like that, when I love them, it just covers that up and I don't have to worry about it anymore. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Hospitality is not just having a meal with someone. That is an important part to it. It's offering up your home. It's, it's sharing what you have. It's inviting people in who you might not normally invite into your house. And do it without grumbling. Obviously, most people listening are in New Zealand, you're in lockdown, haven't had anyone over for dinner in a while, I get that. But have you ever had those people that maybe your parents invite over, and you're just like, oh, why are they coming? I hate their kids, their kids suck. Oh, it's so annoying. And you grumble when your parents are trying to offer hospitality. What would it look like to not, to love them deeply? What would it look like to go to your parents and say, hey, mum and dad, um, there's a kid at school, um, he doesn't have a lot of mates, or... Um, you know, there's this family at church who seem to um, sit alone or something. Could we have them around for dinner? Could we have that family around for dinner? And it might be really hard. But this is the beautiful part of the Christian life is that we go above and beyond in these ways. And if you want to chase the sun and find joy in chasing the sun, love each other deeply. And then it goes to this final part in verses 10 and 11. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And he breaks it down into sort of two aspects of gifts. Um, if you speak, do as one who speaks the very words of God. And I think, you know, probably a lot could be made from this, but I think in a really simple way, I think what Peter is saying is, if you're going to speak, be very careful about the words that you say. If that's the gift that God has given you to teach, then don't be flippant with the words that you're using because you never know who you could be hurting with that. 
And on the flip side, our words can really bring life to someone. Um, I remember when I was doing some study on the Trinity and um, uh, I was reading a book and I cannot remember the, for the life of me what the book is called, um, but it, it talked about how the way that the Father loves the Son is is by giving life to Him and we see that in the, the baptism of Jesus when the dove descends and we hear the Father go, this is my Son with whom I am well pleased. And so when God uses his words to affirm his son, he's giving life to him. You know, when I um, encourage my wife, I'm giving life to her. It's kind of in thinking in terms of, you know, if you're walking around and everyone, in a sense, is a, a hot air balloon, for example. When I speak life into them, when I encourage them, it's like I'm inflating their balloon so they can rise to their full potential. They can rise to be who God has created them to be. And on the flip side, when I come in with harsh words, I'm poking holes in their hot air balloon. I'm poking holes in them and they're not going to reach that potential. So we, we think of our words very carefully and we don't use them flippantly. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. God's Holy Spirit lives and dwells inside of us. Um, and in all things, God may be praised, right? His strength is within us. He will be praised um, through Jesus Christ, through our words, and through our serving. Two things I want to talk about with spiritual gifts here. I'm not getting into the whole list of spiritual gifts or anything like that. I just want to say two things to it. One is this, every single Christian has a spiritual gift, uh, because in 1 Corinthians we read that um, everyone is part of the body, and every part of the body has something to provide for the rest of the body. That's the first thing. So there's n none of us can sit here and say, I don't have a spiritual gift. I've got nothing to offer the church. I've got nothing to offer um, people to love them by serving them or to speak words of life into them. The second one is this. It can be really hard to um, kind of be jealous or envious of other people's gifts because some gifts are public or from the front. So, you know, for example, for myself, I'm a, I'm a preacher and a teacher, and so I get to stand in front of people and I get to preach. So my gift gets to be shown to our whole congregation, to all of the people, all the young people that come to our youth group, and even for you guys getting to listen to my podcast. This is the spiritual gift that God has given me. I 100% know that, and this is what I'm using to serve the church um, and to bring glory to God. But on the um, flip side is that I know for most of my life, I've grown up wanting to be able to sing so that I could be a worship leader. Because I see kind of a little bit of the praise they get and a little bit of like, oh, that'd be so cool to lead people in worship in that way. But I also know that people look at the gift I have and desire for that gift. And we look around and we compare ourselves. Um, but, you know, as First Corinthians gives us the example of a body, like, I mean, my hand isn't jealous of my foot. They just, they're different and they serve different needs and different parts. And so that's what we have to understand is, A, we all have a gift and we all play our part and we need not be jealous or concerned that others gifts may be more public than others because at the end of the day we're all building God's church through the power of Jesus Christ we're all bringing glory to God I think in all fairness we will get to the end and there will be some people who have never stood in the pulpit who will have a far greater impact in ministry than I ever will with my entire life and I think 100% my grandfather is um, well, both of my grandparents I say my nan and my gramps fulfill this fully they are two people who hearing stories about people who would like their lawyers or mortgage brokers or people who are salesmen on the farms that would come and <clears throat> sell them tractors and do all sorts of stuff 
and hearing about how they would come and then they would have a meal and then um, Gramps would open the Bible or talk to them about Jesus and Nan would love through her hospitality and these people would become Christians over the time that they would be in business together or that they would be, you know, employed, like Nan and Gramps employed them for their services or whatever. And then they became long-standing friends and people of their church. And I'm just thinking about these stories going, oh my gosh, that's, I don't know if I'll ever have an impact the same way that these guys, that my Nan and Gramps have. And also the amazing thing as well is without my Nan and Gramps, then I wouldn't be able to have the impact that I'm having today. Without my parents, I wouldn't be able to have the impact that I'm having today. And so you may not get to have a public ministry, but you may disciple someone, you may journey with someone, you may speak life into someone who eventually will bring thousands of people to Jesus Christ. And and that's, we're all part of the church working together. So as we see in this chapter four of First Peter that, um, we're called to suffer with a mindset the same way Christ suffered, that my suffering may help others come to know God. That we are not, that we have to put aside our earthly human desires and that when we are abused or when we are ridiculed or when we are called out for not living recklessly, like the world and the people and our friends around us are, that we can stand firm knowing that all of us will have to stand before God and give an account to Him. The amazing thing is as a Christian, Jesus stands in my place and 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 gives an account on my behalf. Um, and it's not the account of my life, it's the account of his life for me. And we are to love one another deeply. We are to be a sober mind. We are to pray. We are to offer hospitality without grumbling. We are to use our gifts to serve others, to speak the very words of God. If we are to speak, then to speak like we are speaking the words of God. And if we are to serve, serve with the strength that God provides. So here's my challenge for you guys this week think in terms of how would my life look if Christ was coming back tomorrow how would my life look if I thought about myself standing before the God the judge of the world my friends and family standing before God the judge of the world and second is this how am I going to love people deeply how am I going to show hospitality how am I going to use my gifts to serve the church to serve my brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're not sure what your gifts are, go to a Christian, an older Christian who you trust and talk to them about it. Often it's going, what are you passionate about? What are you good at? Is there a need that you see in the world? Um, there's plenty of tests out there as well online that you can do. Don't get too caught up in them, but I do think pray through them. Have an older person who knows you well to speak life into that um, around the spiritual gifts as well. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week um, as we looked at 1 Peter chapter 4. It's been so good just to get back on the mic and just to share with you my heart, share with you what really impacted me from this passage this week. And yeah, hopefully I'll be talking again to you guys soon. And as always, if you've got any questions or want to reach out, please do so um, through Chase and Sun Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. Cheers, guys. Thanks so much. And go hard this week. And uh, let's go Chase and Sun together.